This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. My name is Tyler Lessard, and I'll be your host today. Uh, my normal co-host, Randy Frisch from Uberflip, is out this week, uh, but we have an amazing guest who's going to fill his important spot and join me here in a one-on-one -on -one conversation as we dive into some of the secrets of modern marketers who are trying to build out a marketing team in a crowded market, in a difficult market. Um, but as a way to really stand down and be a thought leader and really turn heads and uh, create new opportunities for their business. And, and to do that, today we have Travis Bickham, VP of Marketing at Concord. Travis, I'm really excited to have you on. I've, I've known you for a long time and I've always admired your approach to marketing. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind, maybe just give us a quick introduction to yourself and a bit of your background that's brought you here to, uh, to Concord. Yeah, absolutely, Tyler. And you know, thank you for the invite to come on the show. I love what you guys do and frankly can't get enough of the episodes. So in terms of me and my role, as you mentioned, I'm VP of Marketing here at Concord. I'm about four or five months into my tenure here, so still relatively new, which I think we'll find some interesting stuff to talk about there. But prior to that, you know, where you and I first got to know each other was when I was at TradeShift. And uh, I spent a few years at TradeShift starting off uh, really coming in to tackle kind of their more uh, you know, high-end, unique content initiatives. And then we basically came to the realization that you know, content is tied at the hip to demand generation. So I started taking on demand generation too, and eventually ended up being head of enterprise marketing over there, which was a really exciting role and uh, a lot of really cool stuff globally, which we can talk about too. And before that, I actually started my career marketing in financial services. So a very different market than tech, but uh, some great learnings from there. In terms of my personal background, I grew up here in the San Francisco Bay Area, went to the University of California, Berkeley, where I played water polo and majored in English. Uh, coming out of school with English, I thought, what the heck do you do with an English degree? Turns out it's pretty darn good for marketing. So very happy I made that decision. Yeah, it's uh, it's particularly important these days, and we talk a lot about the you know the, the the science of marketing these days, but but the art in in messaging, in communicating, in connecting with people in a more personal way, I, I think is more important than ever because we are so flooded with content and with messages and and with marketing. Um, you know the the commoditization of marketing to some degree has become a challenge for all of us. So I expect one of the big things that you're trying to solve, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, coming into Concord is how do you really like ladder up your messaging? How do you shift the way you communicate to the market to, to really stand out and, you know, become a thought leader? Is, is that something that's important to you guys? And, and if so, what, like, how are you thinking about that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's actually kind of a, a multifaceted problem because on one hand, uh, here's a problem that's good to have, 
we're really a great solution for everyone. But that's also a problem because you can't market to everyone and you can't sell to everyone because then your messaging is wishy-washy and you're really not speaking to the right people you know, for your sales team and ultimately you know, for your customer's success. So one thing that we're really hyper-focused on is being very targeted in who we message to, who we market to. And for us, that's really fast-growing, you know, hyper-growth companies. Think pre-IPO, immediately post-IPO, as well as really large enterprises. And there's different reasons for both of those, but we feel that's where we can have the most impact on their business and also where they can have the most impact on our business. So we have to think about that every time we create content or marketing materials or redo our website, which we're in the process of doing right now. You know, on the other side, uh, we're kind of in an interesting space where we, of course, have competitors. Everyone does. But we're the only company really offering, you know, that full contract life cycle. So oftentimes we're actually competing against the status quo or inertia. And that's a very different messaging problem to have because you have to differentiate yourself not only against someone like an Aptus or a Spring CM, but actually against what you've been doing for the past 20 years. And so that presents some unique messaging difficulties, but I think we're coming along. Yeah, I think it's a it's a super interesting point because you not only have to overcome the, um, you know, why Concord, why are you guys the right solution, but even, you know, as a prelude to that, um, why a new solution at all, right, whether it's Concord or somebody else. And I know it's something, you know, we always think about here as well as we structure our messaging exercises. We think about, you know, why for us it's why video why Vidyard, and then why now to create a sense of urgency. And we try to architect our messaging under those frameworks and, and a lot of our programs to identify, you know, those different points in the buying cycle and, and make sure we're hitting on those. Um, do you guys take a, a similar mentality or, or how do you think about, you know, approaching creating really effective messaging in those different audiences? Right. I think that, you know, messaging is twofold. One is, you know, how are you presenting yourself to the world on your website? And that could be people coming in really at any point in the journey. And so that's going to be much more broad thought leadership. It's the window into your company. But then we also have the whole question of how do you message throughout the content funnel? And I think that's something that we're really hyper focused on. And, uh, you know, in many ways, you follow the traditional journey where you're going from unaware to aware to somewhat qualified and considering until you pass that off to sales. But in other ways, we're intensely account focused. So we're actually crafting pretty one to one messaging for a lot of our target accounts. And that's going to involve uh, you know, a heavy research component. That's why it's key to partner uh, so intensely with sales. And we're actually going to go ahead and build that business case early on, which a lot of people don't want to do because they don't want to invest the time. You know, they'd rather take uh, the net approach, bring in all the fish to the boat, see what's in there and then message to whatever you have. We're actually thinking, hey, let's go out and find specifically who we want to talk to, build an entire content journey and message for them right from the start, and show them how serious we are about them and about making their business better. And we found that to be extremely effective, and the response has been fantastic. Yeah, one of the things that um, that we talked about you know, prior to the session that, that I thought was really interesting was not only... Of course, we all know we have to have good messaging and we have to think through our, our audience and take sort of an outside in view on you know, what's going to really get their attention and, and draw them in. Um, but it's not just about 
the message. It's about how you tell that story. It's about, you know, the medium. It's about, you know, how you make it compelling and interesting enough to stand out. And the, the, the quote I had written down from you earlier was, every company is a media company now, and the bar for compelling content has never been higher, um, which I, you know, couldn't agree with more. So, you know, knowing that, coming into Concord and thinking about how do you take these messages and create compelling content that's going to help you stand out, what does that make you think about? How are you organizing your team? How are you approaching your content strategy? You know, what are some of the tools that you're trying to put in place to help yourself stand out and compete in this market where, you know, content can't just be good. It has to be great. So there's a few things we're doing there. Uh, I think one is speaking to the organizational side of it. How do you organize your team and how do you organize the structure of your content? I'm a pretty firm believer in what I would call the content pyramid which I think keeps you honest in your content creation and also keeps your you know, content very clear and focused. So the way we do that is we're actually rolling out one new piece of highly curated, you know, intensely focused content every month. Think something along the lines of the original Marketo Essential Guides, but specific to your industry and really answering a question that you might pay a consultant to come in and answer for you. Because we see so many of our customers going through similar things we, and I'm sure other companies do too, that we have a unique perspective uh, that a company on the inside that's really you know, looking in their silo might not. So we wanna give that knowledge to all of our prospects and all of our customers and really go ahead and you know, hand them something of value right out the gates. So we create that core piece of content every month. Could be something like a 30 page ebook, could be a really well thought out interview, could even be a podcast. And then from that core piece of content, we're actually gonna cascade derivative content. So every blog post, every whiteboard Wednesday, all of our smaller pieces are going to follow up to that main theme for the month. And then from there, we have micro content. So think, you know, social and email from a salesperson, anything like that. It's all going to go back to that main theme, you know, much the way uh, you would watch something like 60 minutes and it would cover one thing and then everything would cascade from there. So that's how we're organizing our content. We have people that are really focused on demand generation, and they're in charge of actually executing that theme throughout the month. You know, is the email going to be about this? What are we saying online? What's gonna go on the blog? And then we have people that are purely focused on content, and their job isn't to think about leads, it's not to think about the sales journey, it's about producing something incredibly, incredibly compelling. And so we wanna actually lead people down that journey. The second part of it is we wanna give people the Netflix experience. And this is something that we do primarily through our video strategy, but a lot of it involves not gating content that shouldn't be gated, uh, producing things that people actually want to watch or actually want to interact with, and really investing the time in thinking through what you're going to say and what value it's going to give to the end customer. So if someone comes into our website and watches a video, we want them to immediately click play next. And we want them to actually walk themselves down that journey that traditionally marketing was in charge of via emails, banner ads, what have you. People are happy to consume your content if it's good enough. And I think that's something I learned at TradeShift. We were uh, doing a pretty uh, intense partnership with CNBC during the World Economic Forum in Davos for a few years. And as far as I know, they're actually still at it. But what this did is it really raised the bar in terms of what we were able to do and what I even found out was possible for content creation. So we're talking about you know, interviews with George Osborne, Kevin Spacey, Ariana Huffington, 
people you would actually see on TV. And when I came to realize that what these famous people were saying was applicable to the marketing scene and to our prospects, that kind of snapped a light bulb where I was like, why would we ever compromise on things like video quality, uh, hiring a studio, actually producing content that people want to watch? And so now, you know, what we hold ourselves to as a team and as a company is, if it's not good enough to go in the New York Times, The Economist, or on TV, it shouldn't be good enough for our website because that's what people have come to expect in 2017. I love that. I love that. It's something that, um, you know, I think more teams need to hold themselves accountable to is, is looking, you know, clearly at the content you're creating, you know, putting yourselves in the audience shoes and saying, you know, would you, you know, be interested in consuming this content? Would you find value in it? But, you know, does it, does it really make you want to dive in and go to the next piece, right? And those are the things that, you know, I, I think we got to be really clear about because if it doesn't spark some kind of excitement or interest in you, then it's obviously not going to spark that in, <laughs> in others who aren't yes. part of your business. So, um, but I, I don't think enough of us do that. And even those of us in the industry, you know, we, we forget to do that. And, and, you know, we put content out there and you look back at it and you go, you know what, that just, you know, I, I don't know who would really get a lot of great value from it. So um, I'm curious as you do that and, and whether it's in your past life or what you're doing at Concord, um, you know, do you focus on creating that content with yourselves and your own employees as the authors and, you know, the, the, the thought leaders or are you engaging, um, you know, customers? Are you engaging industry influencers and, and other external thought leaders as a way to kind of validate it or to provide different perspectives on that same story? All of the above. Uh, I would say primarily our, the bulk of our content comes internal, right? We specifically hire people because they're amazing at content. And whether that's because they have a background in journalism, like myself, or because they have a background in video, what have you, we want our content we produce internally to be top-notch. So that's probably 80% of it. But you can only tell so much of the story of the market yourself. You're inherently biased, right? We're you know selling a platform. It's going to be great for people. It's going to help them. But at the end of the day, we're selling it. So we also need that social credibility that comes from our customers and their unique perspective because they're on the other end of it. You know, they had the challenge, they found the solution, and they have the story. So we can't explain their journey in the same way they can. That's why I think it's incredibly key. One, you have to have happy customers. But two, you have to get those happy customers on video, on your blog, talking about what they're doing because they're on the front lines of it, right? They're figuring out things your platform can do that you had no idea. And they're explaining interesting use cases to their peers and also they're growing their own profile, which I think is great for everyone. And then in terms of industry thought leaders, they're the experts. I think it's always great to get them involved. Um, you know, that being said, they're not actually using your product or platform and they're not actually creating it. So it's going to be a little bit more third party. But at the end of the day, they have some great things to say, too. So we try to do all of the above. Yeah. 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 I found, um, you know, to be conscious about creating a mix of that. And, you know, we fell into a trap at one point where all the content was our internal, you know, thinking on these things. And, um, you know, we realized we, you know, had really, uh, you know, stopped bringing in external views on things. And, you know, one of the initiatives that we pulled together to, uh, to, to shift that, I, that focus was to actually, uh, you know, A, focus in on customer stories and get them talking about not only our product, but kind of what they're, what they're doing and how they're leveraging video in general and, and how that's impacting their business. But to not only create those customer stories to publish on our own site, um, but to create them for them to share themselves on their own LinkedIn profiles or Medium accounts as, you know, completely unbiased um, content that, that they're pushing out into the community. 
And that actually had a really good impact for us. We saw a lot of inbound activity because people saw these individuals posting on their own personal profiles how they're being successful with video and, and with our technology. Um, and it was very genuine and, and you know, 100% authentic. And so I think the, you know, there's some power there in leveraging both the influencers and customers to, to hit their channels um, and not just assume everybody's going to come to your site to discover you know, your brand and, and your content. Absolutely. I agree. One more thing I would throw in there, Tyler, if you don't mind, is I think that in a lot of industries, you know, what leaders like Vidyard or Concord are doing is we didn't necessarily invent this. We're riding the wave of a great idea. You know, the founders of the company saw that there was a problem in the market and they're addressing it. And so being a market leader is one thing you want to talk about. But more importantly, that wave started for a reason. And so I think that you don't have to be out there talking about your product or solution you can let your customers just get up and talk about why this was even a problem in the first place. And that will naturally lead to them talking about the success they found with you. Yeah. Terrific. So with that, we're going to take a really short break here to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how your content strategy is not only fueling inbound, but it's also fueling an account-based strategy and outbound prospecting. So we'll be right back. Hey, Zoe. Hey, Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict's Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So you know Uberflip? It lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. And we're back on Content Pros with our guest, Travis Bickham, VP Marketing at Concord. Now, Travis, we've talked a lot about the importance of building you know, great messaging targeted at different types of accounts and, and, and customer profiles, as well as the need to create compelling content that's going to help you stand out and you know, be, be viewed as a leader in the market. Um, how do you think about applying those ideas, not just to an inbound strategy, but to an outbound strategy? And, and I know you've talked a lot in your, in your past about account-based marketing and um, you know, how you can leverage great content and great tactics to go out and proactively engage key accounts. Um, is that something you're focused on at Concord? Yeah, definitely. I think that you know, the world has never been busier, especially when we think about you know, anything digital, right? And so to stand out is actually incredibly difficult. And part of uh, the way you can do that and you can actually improve the attention span of your prospects is through creating fantastic content. And so when we're thinking about account-based marketing, aside from understanding who we want to talk to and building target lists and all that really pre-marketing stuff, we're intensely focused on creating content that people actually want to read and is going to give them value immediately. And so if we're not sending them something that's polished and professional right off the bat, you know, we've already lost the battle. So if we're going to spend the time to create this entire journey and create the messaging for someone, the content has to be flawless. So one thing we do is we'll really seek to understand our prospect's business. And uh, that's kind of easy to do because we'll actually look at what industries and you know, what competitors and what groups of companies are good for us until we understand really what the problems of that industry are. And then we'll dive into that specific company, see how they're interacting with the macro themes, and we'll create the content from there. So that generally involves understanding you know, who to talk to, right? Uh, obviously, the higher in the organization you can go, the better. And if you're selling what we're selling, it's really an organization-wide approach. So that's pretty easy. 
And then we'll create something along the lines of a personalized ebook. Obviously, personalized video has long been a favorite of mine. Thank you, Tyler, for turning me on to that. And we'll go ahead and we'll send that out across a variety of outbound channels, email, direct mail, uh, digital, even retargeting, and also dynamic content on our website. And the point is to let our prospects understand that we know what they're going through and we want to learn more and we're here to help, right? And so content is the best way to do that because I think LinkedIn originally you know, had this statistic, 80% of the buyer journey happens before they even talk to sales. That's doubly true in account-based marketing, right? Because what you have is you're reaching out to five, six, maybe 10 people at a company and they're sitting there basically behind your back looking at your content, talking about if it's, if it's worth it to pick up the phone and call you. And so if your content isn't top notch, they're not gonna pick up that phone. But uh, what we're learning and what we found is that if you reach out to the right people at the right time with the right content, that conversation is very easy to have. So that's part of it in the outbound. Uh, on the inbound, I've always been a believer that inbound feeds outbound. And so you have to have just fantastic general content for everyone. Your website has to be dialed in. Because when people get curious and come look you up, maybe they're not ready to buy right then, but they're now in your database, they're now learning about you, so when you're ready to go outbound to them, they're already warm and they're waiting to talk to you. So it's both. I would say we're 80-20 account-based, but still 20% inbound. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you're doing, you know, when you're thinking about targeting accounts that have, you know, you mentioned you may be reaching out to 10 different individuals, and, um, you know, I assume they may have slightly different roles in the organization. Um, you know, do you think about creating unique types of content assets for those different uh, individual profiles? So I'm going after an account and, and I might be targeting, uh, you know, roles A, B, and C. Are you sending them each targeted content or are you sending them all kind of the same general, you know, essential guides and seeing who bites? No, I mean, they're each getting targeted content to their role, right? There's no point in doing personalization if you're not going to take it all the way home. So I think you, ha you have to be true to your core message, right? Our company doesn't necessarily do different things for different people, but what we do is we allow them to get what they care about and still be true to our core message. So what we do is we reconcile speed and compliance so companies can grow as fast as they want. At the end of the day, that's what contract management can enable for you. It can get rid of manual processes, it can allow you to be more strategic, but that means different things to different people. So if I'm talking to a general counsel, I'm really going to be talking to him or her a lot about compliance. I'm going to be talking about moving their role to more strategic, getting rid of a lot of those manual processes. Whereas if I'm talking to a head of HR, it's going to be more about actually managing those contracts from the employee side and recruiting the best team, right? You have to speak to people's goals, but tie it back to you know what you actually do. Otherwise, you end up in a situation where you have a buying committee of eight people and they all think you do something different. Or even worse, none of them think you're that great at it because you didn't tailor your message to what they care about. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, I think that's super smart. And you know, there's the idea of obviously leading with the benefits and the value for those individual roles, um, but that may only be kind of 20% of the content, and then it pulls them into then more consistent messaging around. Okay, here's what we actually do behind the scenes to fuel that. Um, and so I think if you can, yeah, get people to buy in on the benefits, then um, you know, then being able to talk about what you do and showcase other customers uh, becomes a much more natural conversation. 
So what does this all mean for, you know, your next, let's say, 12 months um, at Concord, really building out your strategy and thinking about um, what you're going to do from both a demand gen content and, and thought leadership perspective? Where do you place your bets? And, and what are you really excited about this year to, to experiment with or, or things that you think are really going to move the needle for your team? I mean, I, at the risk of sounding like a suck up, I think it's video. <laughs> so we uh, we knew immediately when we came in that video was going to be extremely important to us. And uh, we're going through a website overhaul right now. It's about to be live. And a big component of that is a video hub. And so one thing we're looking to invest in heavily from a brand, PR, and demand gen side is video. You know, both letting our customers tell their story as well as us telling our story. And I think that can be many things. Uh, and it's related to other investments, right? We want to be out at events. We're going to be out at Dreamforce doing a speaking engagement. That's a prime video opportunity. Uh, we're traveling to meet our customers and hearing what's important to them. That's a prime video opportunity. And then we're also just creating compelling content that's more narrative driven. And I think that all of those things are really valuable to our brand because they show people who we are in a way that you can't get from a blog post or from reading a headline because you can actually hear people's voices, you can see their faces, and you can get a large amount of content in a short amount of time. So we want to invest heavily in that you know, for the rest of 2017 and going into 2018. And there's also a component of that that's really demand gen focused, and that's building out video in our sales organization and also doing more with personalized video, which I've had a lot of success with before uh, in previous roles, and I'm excited to see what it can do for Concord. Outside of that, I think it's really just spreading the good word. It's going out to events. It's uh, getting more people onto our website. All the things you would think of as traditional demand generation. And... Um Last question for you is you mentioned your sales team and and I know that you know your mentality when you think about marketing is is as much about sales as it is about marketing. Um, what are you seeing as the most important things to do you know with and for your sales team to help them be more successful is is it new content is it enabling them to access what you've already got in an easier way is it you know positioning slides what's the what are those one or two things that you're thinking about to help your sales team? Sure. I think on a strategic level, you really need to set things up right from the get-go. And I'm thinking here about OKRs or metrics. You know, what is your head of marketing and your head of sales going to be judged on? It should be the same thing in my mind. We should have the exact same targets. We should be metric the same way. And that should cascade through both departments. So when you set things up that way, it makes it a lot easier to go after the same goals. And then when you get down to the tactics level, I think with sales, Salespeople want to focus on selling. They don't want to focus on learning new tools. They don't want to focus on this great new marketing idea you have where you bake a bunch of cookies and send it. That's not what they care about. So I think that as marketing, we have to make salespeople's lives as easy as possible. And uh, technology is a great way to do that in terms of sales enablement, uh, building out a content library, all of that. But it's really just educating them on what's available to them to send to their prospects and making it as easy as possible for them to do so. And also giving them the metrics on the back end to show them how successful they're being and the difference it's making because it's about influencing and building behaviors for mutual success. 
Yeah, that's. Um, I think that's a great perspective, and you know, we found similar similar things where, for us, who you know, we have, I think, a very strong content creation engine. Um, we've we've learned that we're better at creating content than we are, you know, sharing it and, and making use of it. And in many ways, that ties back to the sales team, and you know, they they don't even understand where you know what all the content is, where to find it, how to leverage it, you know, what's the right piece to use when, how to how to use it within their um, you know prospecting cadence versus active deal cycles. So we've spent a lot of time to, you know, build those programs in and ensure we're consistently educating the sales team on what content is available for them, um, but also making it easier, to your point, to access it and use it actively in the in the sales cycle, um, which is, you know, something that I think many of us forget about. And, uh, you know, it gets so much more value out of that content you, you pour your heart into. And, and I think ties it very close to revenue as well, which is great. So I agree more. So let me, um, you know, with that, we're going to uh, turn it over to learn a little bit more about you personally. And and I think about you, Travis, you know, take this only in the best way as, as a bit of a Renaissance man. You mentioned earlier, <laughs> you know, you come from uh, an English background. You've been in finance, high tech, um, but you've been, you know, a contributing writer and uh, and content producer for some interesting publications. Can you can you talk a little bit about that and, and some of the uh, some of the media outlets you've written for in the past? Sure. Uh, as you mentioned, my background is in writing. Uh, when I was working in finance, I actually took a leave of absence to go spend some time on the business desk at The Economist, uh, both in London and New York. That was a really amazing experience because I think, you know, to call it content creation is, you know, almost uh, slandering it, but it's really, it's writing at its finest. And at the end of the day, it's, you are producing a product and its job is to give value and to educate. And so that's similar to what we're doing now. So writing for The Economist and really getting the chance to focus purely on journalism was a great experience because I think it taught me that real fantastic content takes time. You know, you're writing one article yep. a week, right? Think about the content people on any marketing team. How much do we ask of them? You know, how much can we expect if we're telling them to write four blog posts, create a video and do a webinar? Yeah. Right. So it taught me that content takes time. Uh, it taught me that there's no substitute for good research and quality. So that was amazing. I still stay in touch with everyone there, and I've you know done some stuff with them since, which has been awesome. And then more recently, I've been writing for Forbes, which is a different audience, but you know of course business focused. And I think that's been interesting because you can talk about things like what's the difference between a platform and a product. You know how do you really deliver end value to users? And so there are things that our customers care about, we care about, and I think the wider community cares about. So it's less journalism, more thought leadership, but still a lot of fun. And then on uh, you know the B2B, B2C side, I've of course been writing content my whole career. And I really, I take the same approach regardless of who the audience is, whether it's The Economist, Forbes, or you know just a one-to-one -one personalized message for a prospect. And from writing to athleticism, you've won an NCAA championship in water polo, um, I understand. So can you validate that fact for me? And then I'm going to ask you to try to tell us what you've learned in water polo that applies to your life as a marketer. Okay, this is fun. Now it's like an interview. Um, so I did, uh, I was on the NC2A championship team at Cal in 2007. We actually then lost another one in overtime in 2010, so I don't tell people about that as much. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that, that experience teaches you really the value of being on a team, learning to rely on other people. Uh, I mean, when you're coming out of college, it also teaches you to show up on time and work hard, <laughs> which are skills some uh, new hires struggle with. 
but they're, it's lifelong lessons, right? And I think anyone who's played sports, been on a debate team, been in a club, you know, you get it. When other people rely on you to do your best, you're going to do your best if you care about them and you care about the end goal. So that's something we try to instill here at Concord, and I think we do a great job of. Uh, our head of sales actually was also an athlete. He played baseball and ran track at Santa Clara. So we can kind of trade war stories about morning practices. So yes, that fact is true. I'm actually still playing water polo. I play for the Olympic Club here in San Francisco. We Amazing. actually won the World Club Championship in January out in Sydney, Australia. So that was fun. And I was grateful to get a little time off between meetings to play the games. <laughs> it's a different world when you have a job. But uh, overall, yeah, water polo is still very much a daily part of my life. That's amazing. So marketing is a team sport and uh, to do it well, to really stand out and create compelling content that's going to get you noticed. You have to uh, leverage everybody's strengths and uh, have a you know a really targeted plan to, to go out and win. So um, thank you, Travis, for, for sharing your story. And uh, this is Content Pros, part of the Convince and Convert family of podcast services and training classes that are all designed to help us all be more effective and, and productive modern marketers. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please check out more great content at contentprospodcast.com or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And thanks again to Travis Bickham, VP Marketing at Concord for joining us. Um, Travis, for those who want to follow you and learn a bit more about your approach to marketing, um, what's the best place for them to connect with you? Well, I'm certainly on LinkedIn. Uh, pretty straightforward. Travis Bickham. Also on Twitter, at Travis Bickham. And uh, feel free just to send me an email at Concord if you're curious about the platform or you want to talk more about content. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you again, Travis. We hope you enjoyed this episode and all the best in your modern marketing efforts. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.